Welcome back, everyone, to part two of this very special podcast that we're conducting with Charlie and Jill LeBlanc. As you uh, as you know, we've been talking about the the death of their their one and only precious son and how that has affected them. And we're going to begin this second part by asking you a really tough question, Charlie and Jill. In the hours, days, and weeks immediately after he passed away, what was it like for you guys? When we decided to stop uh, praying after five hours and release him to the Lord, I was livid. Uh, at about the four-hour mark, I well, up until about the four-hour mark that we'd been praying and worshiping. For, I, res- I, for the resurrection. Yeah, to, to raise him up, healed from the dead. I was worshiping, I was thanking the Lord, I was praying, I was, you know, just in faith. We hit about the four-hour mark, which at that time was about 6 a.m., and I just began to think, why haven't we seen something by now? Why, why, why are we still here? And just, just, you know, just, I began to be so troubled. And then we get to 7 a.m., and and we just all kind of got quiet, and our pastor looked at Charlie. He had come over around 4, and they looked at each other, and, and he said, if you want to keep praying, I'm in. And, you know, he looked at me, Charlie looked at me, and we just, we just I just looked at him, and I, I didn't know what to do. And we just decided to re- release him to the Lord, and, and I was so angry. And and I guess I would have to say I was angry at God because I felt like, God, you know, you had it in your power to raise him up. We've been praying, Lord, for weeks. Lord, where's the disconnect? Why, where, why is it that we're not seeing, you know, improvement and, and a turnaround here? You could have shown us, Lord. And um, I just became so angry and stayed angry for weeks. And, and, um, you know, we, we had to do the funeral. We had to, we had to go to Phoenix and do another funeral. We had to do two funerals over the course of of three or four days. And then we were able to take off and Charlie's brother and his wife were so gracious to let us go to their condo in San Diego for four weeks and just kind of try to process a little bit. But even during that time, I, I just, I would not talk to God I would catch myself praying in tongues here and there just out of habit. And I was like, oh, wait, I don't do that anymore. I don't talk to him anymore. So, and, so I mean, you were absolutely mad at God. I was, I was so devastated, so crushed. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? Yeah. Well, uh, me too. Uh, you know, I think my, my nature was uh, at that point was to survive uh, the pain Sorry. Take your time. There is no rush here. The pain was so hard and deep. And those who have lost children really do understand that pain. And um, so, you know, for me, you know, yeah, I was was mad at God, but I was also went into survival mode, I think, a little bit. And like just thinking, how, how, how will we get through this? And so I was, you know, I, I, 
I was freaked out, you know, with God and, and with the whole thing that we went through and totally didn't understand it. And, uh, but, you know, we just, we had to, we kept breathing and, and we took steps forward and, and, you know, like Jill said, we, we were able to take some time off and, and, you know, Andrew and Jamie were so sweet and gracious to us and said, you take as much time off as you need to, uh, to recover from this painful ordeal. And, and others helped us and supported us and the family of God surrounded us as much as they could and, and loved us. And, and, you know, when you can't talk to God, you know, sometimes you can talk with people if you find people that understand. But the problem is most people don't understand. That's the bottom line. And I think that's the value of this podcast. And we're hoping to get to this part, you know, before the end is that most people don't really understand this kind of pain. And I wouldn't want anyone to have to understand this kind of pain. I wouldn't want anyone to have to go through what we went through. But, you know, God gave us help, you know, through people and through just us, Jill and I, just loving each other and comforting each other as best we could. and our girls loving us and, and us loving them. And, you know, we did our best to just uh, avoid uh, the pitfalls that we hear of, you know, divorces after people lose loved ones. And, uh, and, and I was going to ask you that. How, how did this affect your marriage? It had to have an effect. Yeah. It, it, we were cautioned the night of the funeral by, we were pulled aside by another minister and, he, he grabbed both of us and he said, I just want you to be aware of the attack on a marriage after losing a child. And he said that uh, 80% of marriages who lose a child don't make it. Really? This is what he said. He said. And I feel like we've looked it up and it's not far from there. Now, maybe things are different now. I haven't looked at that statistic in a long time. But... We were on our guard from day one, and we learned early on to let each other know when we were struggling, when we were having a particularly rough day. Like one of us would get bitey towards the other one, and it's not like like one of us was doing something wrong. It's just that the other one was having a really hard day of grief. And so we would try to tell each other, listen, I'm having a rough day. Please just... It's not you, it's me. That really helped us a lot, just communicating that. Well, you know, one of the things I think about is you guys had a life. You had two daughters. Uh, You had a career, a job, responsibilities. Yes. And you had to jump back in whether you wanted to or not. How was that for you? Because you're leading praise and worship. You're talking to people about the things of God. Tell us about that. That had to be difficult. Well, I was an autopilot for a long time I just got up there and went through the motions. And I didn't put on a lot of, you know, big happy face. I just tried to not get up there and cry, you know. But Yeah, we did our best. Uh, Jim, you know, like you said, uh, in one hand, it was the hardest thing for us to get up and start singing again and be in front of so many people uh, and leading worship like we had been doing for so long. It was the hardest thing, yet in probably, in hindsight, it was probably one of the things that helped us survive this was the fact that we had to get back into uh, 
into a flow of singing and speaking out uh, about God's love and about God's help and in in time of need. You know, Scripture um, turned changed for me after the loss of Bo. Um, not that I theologically necessarily I've landed in so many different places, but just seeing and understanding pain and seeing pain more clearly in scripture. That's something that, that really came alive to me. You know, I used to say, Oh, praise God. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. But, but all of a sudden when I read scriptures like that, I saw where Paul was coming from. I mean, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was in jail. He was almost left for, he was left for dead and shipwrecked and pain in his body and in his life and sorrow and seeing Christians being killed and murdered and, when he would say something like, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me, he was saying that through the difficulties and the pain of life that he had been through. And so these kind of things really started coming alive to me. And I started realizing that, number one, I wasn't alone in in, in pain. And pain is universal. And uh, and men of God, great men of God, have lost children. And you, we've talked about that earlier, even Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne, Many great men, Rodney Howard Brown, others that we haven't even, you know, Boga. But I made a list of these men. I, uh, what's his name on Joyce's board? Don Clowers lost mm-hmm. his son. Rick uh, Warren. Rick Warren, yeah. Just just one after another. And so, you know, I, I reached out to a lot of these people and via email and some phone calls. And I just said, Help. I'm dying. I don't know if I can make it through this. You need to help me. And many of them reached out to us and uh, and loved on us and, and, and helped us get through it. But uh, very painful. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of love and a lot of patience of people around you. Because people think, you know, they think the solution is, well, you know, if, if your son's in heaven, then praise God. It's all over. You know, that is just so ridiculous. People do not understand. It's We we're, we rejoice with Bo that he's in heaven, man. I mean, he beat me to it, you know, that kind of a thing. I mean, we know all those truths that are very clear in the Word of God. But it doesn't change the pain and the, the, the part of your heart and soul that gets ripped out of you. When you lose a child, you're, you're, you're separated, you're broken. Now, yes, we're still one with him. Yes, he's worshiping Jesus with us when we lead worship. But yeah, it was really hard to get back. I know I'm moving around and circling around different things, but it was really hard to get back into worship and praise. And one of the things was to know that Bo was with Jesus and that he was worshiping the Lord with us. It was one thing, a cliche that I try to say is it's one thing that we could still do with Bo was worship Jesus. That was the one thing. So yeah, that's quotable and that's, you know, whatever. But, but I mean, and that wasn't that you, people would think, Oh yeah, that's one thing you can still do with both. So praise the Lord. Everything's great, right? No, everything's not great. <laughs> Things still suck when you lose a child. And here we are 11 years out. And there, I just fell into tears a few minutes ago, just talking about it. And we ran to a, a, a pastor and his wife that had lost their son in a tragic accident. How many years earlier was that? 20. 20, 20 well, years for earlier them. Yeah. for them. And we had just lost both three or four months into it. And we went to them and said, help us. What do you do? And they started loving on us and sharing. And the wife broke into tears as she was telling us about, you know, trying to help us. 20 years later. And I thought, oh, my God. 
And so, you know, they say to the degree that you loved, your tears show the degree that you loved, you know? And so, you know, I don't know, but we'll ever stop crying over it. You know, the anniversaries every year are tough. His birthday every year is tough. And, you know, obviously it's easier today to get through these moments and we're not, you know, in a corner, all broken. We've, we've pursued ministry. We've continued to grow. We've put out two or three albums since his loss. And, uh, and we continue to lead worship, and we love leading people in the worship. We love encouraging people. But I think, like I said earlier, man, just to know how hurt, how much hurt and pain there is in the earth. And, and as we're leading worship, to know that people out there, many of them have just had losses, whether it's a dad, a mom, a sister, a brother, a child, and even a d- divorces. We, our, the compassion level in our hearts for broken people has just, you know, really grown and, and gotten into, a, I think, a very healthy place. So finally, we understand what people go through. You know, I was speaking with Oral Roberts one day, and he said something very profound. I'm sure I'm not the only one he said this to, but he said, where there is no compassion, there is no healing. That's beautiful. And just touching people's hearts. If you have a heart of compassion, it ministers. Mm. People, I'm sure many people tried to help you. And I, I just want to ask a couple of real practical things. Mm-hmm. What are things that people said that did more damage than good, that were hurtful? What were the kinds of things that really tore at you? I mean, this is going to be helpful for somebody yes, to, be, right. to think about ministering to someone that's had a loss like this. Right. I remember being uh, somewhere about three, three, four months in, and this this person came up first time we'd seen them in a while and and he came up and shook me by the arm and said you doing good you doing good and I just couldn't believe I was like I think he knows what we've been through and I I, I mean I knew, he did know. I knew he knew but and I said no I'm not doing good my son just died I'm not doing good and he said oh Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he just kind of patted me on the arm and walked on. And you know, I I've le- I learned early on you don't ask a bereaved person how they are doing, because you just stop and think a minute. They're not doing very well. And and there there's something when people would ask me that it would just stir it all back up. I might be having a you know a decent moment where you know things are just kind of going along, and as soon as they say how, oh, I'm so sorry. How are you? I'm like, really, <laughs> you know, my son is dead, and this was really hard. And you know, how do you think I am? I lost my baby. So that's something we've learned. You do not ask a person. What, what, what would you doing? say to somebody if you knew that it happened to them? What would you say to them if you saw them or walked up to them? I, what I say now, and I'm so guilty, before we walked through this, I would do, you know, because you mean well, you want to show that you care. Yes. Uh-huh. But now what I say is I'll, I'll say, I am so sorry. I'm sorry for your pain. We are just so brokenhearted with you. And, and just try to share in, in, in their pain. Get in the boat with them. Right. Try to feel what they're feeling. Think a little bit about what they've been through, how they might be feeling by now of, of the reality of the situation, and just show that you care. Is silence good? I mean, 
sometimes I've I've been around people who've had great loss, and I have no words. I, I don't even know what to say. And, and acknowledging, just hug them. yes, and acknowledging that, and say I don't even know what to say. I mean, those words are so meaningful when people would say that to us. Yeah. So. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, the, I'm going to get to preaching now if, you, if I'm not careful, but, oh, but it's you know, okay. the, the, the scripture <laughs> says to weep with those who weep. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's the answer to what we're saying right here. If someone's brokenhearted, if they're weeping, if they're, you don't try to pull them out of it. People would try to, you know, uh, talk like, like almost hypnosis to try to get us away from thinking about our loss, you know, like, Oh, I heard you heard a grandson. Oh, wow. I hope you're doing, you know, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that great that you have a grandson? You have a grandson? You have a grandson? You know, kind of like trying to make us think about, you know. I said, yeah, we have a grandson and we're so happy about that. But don't try to manipulate me. I think about my son every day that I lost, you know. So a better way would have been, you know, Charlie, you know, I I can't imagine the pain that you still must have. You know, I'm, I heard you had a grandson. I, I know that that must be a, a real blessing, and like it would be for any grandson. But he'll never take the place of your son. Mm-hmm. And and amen. He he'll never will. And and you know, and even people trying to push the grandson thing on us as as the answer was made us even avoid that mm-hmm. and, and put a little wedge at first to the, to loving our grandson, which is awful. And of course, it it wasn't really a, a wedge, but it was some you know we were not wanting people to uh, to push that on us. But it says weep with those who weep, and uh, and so I think we really need to understand that uh, that we need to have compassion for people who are going through it. We need to give them a lot of time, a lot of space, and uh, and not judge them. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. Qu- quite quickly. We start judging people who are grieving and we start thinking they need to get out of this. They need to get better. They need to do this. Some of our best friends and people that we work with in ministry, they didn't do that. They they were very kind to us and they gave us a lot of space to get through this on our own with their love. I can say more, but if you, if you well, have a question. Has this, uh, maybe in just a short form, has this changed your faith or your trust in God in any specific measurable way? Changed, yes. Um, I still love the. I love God. I love His Word. I love His promises. But I don't necessarily believe the same way that I did before. And I'm still growing. You know, we don't have all the answers. We don't have. I mean, we we don't understand everything of why He died. Well, you know, we were know talking we earlier, and I was saying. These kinds of things to me, the reason I have very little to say is it's a mystery to me. Yeah. I, I don't get this stuff, and I've right. never been through it. Right. Right. Yeah. And we're we the same way. We, we, yeah. don't, we don't understand it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, we could come up with solutions, and, and Christians want to come to solutions right away. They yeah. want to come up with the answers. You've got to have an answer. And so they it. say, it's either this, or it's either this, or it's either this, or it's either this, you know. Well, you know, I've gone down that road Many, many times, trust me, you know, for the first two years, I was begging God, looking to God, expecting to find out what happened. Where did we miss it? Where did who miss it? Where did what miss it? What, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and and a, I, a cause and effect that didn't exist. It, mm-hmm. Well, that's what I, you know, that's where we've landed. And I think here, you know, like one pastor told me, he said, Charlie, there's faith to move mountains and there's faith to, to, uh, stand. the faith to stand. 
when the mountain doesn't move. <laughs> and so I had to just, we had to find that faith to stand and walk through this. To, to, to have faith in God as we do to this day and love him and receive his help and his compassion and his, and his healing. The Bible says he heals the brokenhearted. He comforts those who mourn. So we ran to that. We ran to the God that loves us, the God of all comfort, that comforts us in all of our tribulation. We ran to the God who comforts us, and we just have to leave our questions at the door. You know, it's kind of like I, 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 some of these things we don't understand. I believe we'll know. I know we'll know all things. The Bible says when we get to heaven, we'll know all things. But right now, the Bible says we, we uh, look through a glass darkly, you know, and then face to face. And so there's a lot of things we don't understand. Thank God for people who do get, do get understanding on this side through tragedy and through difficulties. Maybe some people fully understand. But, you know, where we're at, uh, we don't, and that's okay. We've learned how to live with, with, with not knowing all the answers, but we love God. And we love the we love his love toward us. We mm. love him because he still loves us and he's been patient with us mm. and healed our broken hearts and his healing continuing to heal our broken hearts. Is it fair to say that in a situation like this you never really totally recover? I mean, is that a fair thing to say or not? Yeah. I, think I guess so. it depends on what recovery means. If recovery means it's as it's as if it never happened. Yes, we would never fully recover. But if recovery means we are we are well enough to carry on with life, maybe doing life a little differently, then yeah, we've yeah. that's that's the kind of recovery that yeah, we mean, have. Wasn't it C.S. Lewis that you read that book that said talked about the amputation mm-hmm. of a leg? You know, yeah, you can get a prosthesis and you can move on and you can move on with life. And some but, people may never know. But yeah, but but that leg, you know, every night, every night and every morning that that leg is missing, but you can still carry on. And so thank God for his grace and mercy to help us carry on. You've kind of already said it, but what what would you say to somebody who's in the midst of this right now where it's very fresh? Well, uh, we would just have to tell you, number one, that we love you. And, uh, and we understand and we have a lot of compassion for you. And, and we would just have to say, hold on, um, hold on to God's love. I mean, in one sense, you know, Jill and I, as Jill said, we both ran from God emotionally and we understand that, but that's okay. I had one biker friend of mine to look at me and say, Charlie, God can handle your anger. He can handle whatever you want to tell him in this moment. It's right after Bo died. And and I said You know, you know what you're saying right you. now, Charlie, not to interrupt you, but that is extremely important. Yeah. That God can handle that. Talk about that because that that is really a big deal. People are afraid to be mad at God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think I think if we look through scripture we can see especially David and all the different emotional things in the book of Psalms and through the different prophets. You know, God God loves us. He's eternal love. And he's not phased by our anger, uh, in, in the sense he's moved by it. He's, he's pained by it. I believe he's moved with the feelings of our infirmities. The Bible says he's moved with compassion, as you said. He's touched with the feelings of our, so he's, he cares. It's not like he doesn't care, but, but his love is constant and, and he can handle it. He can handle our questions. He can handle our pain. He can handle our anger. 
And and yes, I I was mad a lot. And Jill initially, Jill was extremely mad. I was more like I said, survival mode. But then that anger sunk in, and I I yelled, I screamed, I kicked trees, I kicked walls at times. Said, why? How could this have ever happened? You know, things like this. But for those who have just been through it, I don't know. I don't know what to say except for just to put my arms around you in the spirit and let you know put the arms of Jesus around you in the spirit and just hold you. And let me just say one other moment, one other important thing, not moment, but important thing. I want to talk about tears for a moment. Because in, in our in our circles of faith, there's almost this this taboo about tears that you know tears are ungodly. If you're tear you're crying, you know, we don't grieve like the ungodly grieve. You know, we don't we don't and we don't. The Bible says we don't. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't we, mean don't we don't grieve. grieve. <laughs> exactly. Yes, absolutely. And and I've done a lot of studying on tears. And I mean I have just grabbed all these scriptures of, and seeing the apostle Paul weeping and people weeping around him and, and, and seeing David weeping and seeing the great prophets weeping and, and Paul even saying about his, his, I can't remember how to say his name, but, but he said, I'm so Epaphroditus. glad he, Epaphroditus. I'm glad he made it lest I would have sorrow upon sorrow. He said, I'm so glad he made it. He didn't die because Paul had been pained so, so often with tears and, and racked with tears. And, uh, uh, so, uh, crying is a natural human thing that God put in our life to release pain, to release anguish. Uh, and, and it's a healthy thing. And I really believe, especially to speaking to men who think they're too prideful to cry, I'm not going to cry to hold it all in. Well, all of a sudden their inside is their soul just becomes a big mess. Yeah. Their soul becomes all knotted up. And uh, I, I just somewhere along the beginning of the of the journey, I felt like Jesus just gave me said, "You just ball it out, and I'll cry with you." And that's what I I looked at. I said, "The scripture says, weep with those who weep." So I thought, I've never had any any scripture tell me to do something that God wouldn't do. And so I just pictured Jesus holding me and weeping with me whenever I cried. So I let it out. And I mean, to me, it was part of my healing journey was to be able to cry. Well, I tell you what, that is that is absolutely wonderful. And as you talk about this, the two of you have so much to share mm. about grief and getting through things like this. Yeah. Uh, I understand, and it's about time <laughs> that a book is is developing that's mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. from this. I don't know yes. if you have a working title or anything yet. I have a working title. I don't know this. I don't think it'll land here. But what what I'm what I felt inspired to call what I'm working on is how to survive when your child does not. Oh, that's a pretty powerful statement right yeah. there. Yeah. I, you ought to keep that. I like that a lot. But uh, it, it's something that needs to be done and needs to be addressed. I'm sure others have done it, but you guys will do it in a special way. Thank you. I know that. And it's going to help and bless a lot of people. You know, you've done that today. You've given hope to people today. You've probably restored faith. For some people, and you so. probably are bringing healing to somebody right now through this podcast. I hope so. Well, and, so and we, I just wanted to add one more thing to say to the newly bereaved. First of all, again, like what Charlie said, we are so sorry for your loss and your pain. But I just want to encourage you to take one day at a time. And sometimes you can only take one moment at a time or one hour. But, but. Someone told us early on to be kind to yourself. 
Take time off if you can. Get away from people. Um, you know, whatever you feel like you need to do, just do it. And and um, just don't be in a rush. Let God prove his love to you over time. That's what he did with me. After about a month, I just began to see his fingerprints on different things. When he knew my heart was ready, he began to reach out to me. And he did not push me. He 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 just loved me back into his into his arms. Yeah. And so you just you just just walk each day, one day at a time, and do what you have to do to survive and God will bring you through. He'll begin to show you just how to move forward and and um is it different for everybody? You've talked to other yes. people or seven. Yeah. It's probably a little different situation yeah. for everybody. That's why you have to do exactly what you just said. Yeah. You have to yeah. let God take you through it. I, yeah. I never want to experience it. No. Show that I have no, no desire to come Jesus anywhere name. near this no, kind of, of grief. Not. And I just thank you guys so much for being willing to talk about this. You're welcome. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people anxious to get this book. That's mm. for sure. Now, if somebody wants to contact you and talk to you about this, or I know on your website you have uh, some articles and some audio and so forth about mm-hmm. these very subjects, mm-hmm. how can they do that? Right. Well, I think that would be the first thing is we would, uh, you know, point them to our website, uh, at charlieandjill.com. And, um, you know, on that, uh, we I was actually privileged to pr- teach uh, a couple of different times on this subject and share similar things to what we just shared. So I've got an audio and a video, I think, of of us teaching and sharing. We have a lot of songs that we've written. Our latest, one of our albums called Your Love Remains was songs that we wrote after Bowie passed, uh, ex- some of it expressing the pain and the grace of God to pull us through it. Um, and so we would encourage you to, to uh, you know, to get to our website and, and see if any of that helps you. We also have a list of books. Yeah, so um, on our website... CharlieAnnJill.com. There's a slider across the top, and when you get to the one that shows our son's picture and just a little brief story, click on that, and it'll take you to this page that Charlie's right. talking about. Right. And then there's these books. We we read a lot of books after. It's just just try to help us. And some of the books, you know, theologically didn't match up with where we were at and what we believed, but still we found little nuggets within most of them that really really helped us. And we found a lot of people that had lost children, and that really helped us to just survive. And uh, mm-hmm. even one by a Jewish rabbi that that you know was not a Christian, and just some of the ways that he expressed his heart toward people who had been through grief really, really ministered grace and help to us. Mm-hmm. So. Well, this this has been a very, very special time, and uh, I think the way we're going to end this is I just want to go out playing uh, one of your songs. And uh, that's how we're going to end it today. Okay. So I just want to thank all of you for listening. And uh, take the time to go to their website, anybody out there who's hurting or knows someone who has a situation like that. Go to their website, learn about this, and uh, let God begin to heal your life. So thank you all for listening. God bless you. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can